All right, hello and welcome to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. I am Chris Bockett in the studio with Mr. Jared Truby. He's on his phone, just trying to reach out to you guys, just talking a mess. What up, JT? What up, man? How you living? Doing pretty good. Um, We sound pretty cool tonight. We just shipped out a bunch of coffee to y'all who ordered coffee. First shipment. Really exciting. Thank you all for ordering. We had an epic roast day on Sunday. Shout out to Castle Coffee Roasters yes. for letting us use their facilities and roast on the lovely Geeson. The lovely Geeson. Yeah, we sent out two coffees. We sent out uh, naturally processed Las Lajones from Panama, and we sent out a uh, coffee that was washed from Fincatonio. The Aguilera brothers put it together out of Costa Rica. We're so excited to share our first fruits with y'all. Literal fruits. Yeah. You know what, Chris? We should talk a little bit about processing. I talked about two different processing methods in those coffees. Uh, we should talk a little bit about it. Yeah. Hit them with the washed. Washed coffee. All right, everybody. So this is, would this be a, um, this would be a cat. Is this a cat fact? Cat fact. Cat fact. This is a cat fact. Cat Th- facts. There are 3.5 uh, different <laughs> processing methods. <laughs> and for those of you who are just joining us, uh, cat fact is just a little tidbit of information on coffee. If you're not familiar with specialty coffee, which most of you probably are, but if you're not, welcome to the party. You can take this cat fact, share it with your friends, and now you know more than everybody else. Hey, hey, hey. Cat fact. That's a cat one. fact. So the cat fact. When I say 3.5 methods of processing, um... Here's their names, first of all. There's a wash process. There is a pulp natural or honey processed. And then there is a dry process. And wow, now I'm blinking. No, 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 no. Semi-washed. Semi-washed is the one. I was like, there's the third one, the fourth one. Semi-washed. The half half one. Yeah, semi-washed is the half. And that's coming out of the the Asia-Pacific places. Um, That endo. And when we're talking about processing, we dropped a cat fact last episode or a couple episodes ago that coffee is indeed a fruit. Yes, it and is. And basically, the bean is the pit of that cherry. So when we're talking about processing, we're talking about how the heck did they get that bean out of the fruit that it's in? Yeah, so it's got to come out of there before it gets all nice and roasted and becomes that tasty beverage that we we all like. And and each one of those methods of processing to get that coffee uh, seed out, they basically make the coffee taste dramatically different, each and every one. So uh, the wash process that we use out of this coffee from Costa Rica, Finca Tonio, basically what they do is they, they pick the coffee cherry and they send it through this dealio that takes all the pulp off and... After that, they rinse it and basically set it in this tank full of water. This is actually, this is like the most basic way to talk about this, by the way. So we can talk specifics on what they call these things in just a moment. But uh, they basically put it in this tank full of water where it sits. And all of the fruit throughout this process, which can go from as small as, I think, 10 to 16 hours up to a day or two, depending on where you're at. Um, basically, what happens is all that fruit comes off of the coffee cherry in this point and then they uh rinse it all off and make it all clean and throw it into a this is awesome (laughs) i was like (laughs) then it goes through the depulper does a thing it comes out of the thing it's all rinsed yeah it gets dried it gets just straight up dried and then thrown in the wet in the dry mill right it could be um it could be like patio dried it could also be oven dried depending and if you're having a hard time picturing this um when he's talking about the depulper you can kind of think about it as this weird like rotating wheel it's like a big cheese grater that strips the skin and some of that fruity mucilage like fruit stuff off of the coffee yeah. and you're left with a bean that's covered in mucilage it's all sticky and weird 
Yeah, almost if you could picture like a like a peach, there's like skin, fruit, and then peach seed in the middle. And so there'd be like all the fruit, which in a coffee cherry, there's a lot less, but all the fruit in between, they've got these depulpers that can essentially take as little to as much of the fruit off of there as, as necessary. So yeah, you can you can adjust it. You can adjust them. Washed um, coffees. What's a characteristic for the people who are new to coffee that are listening? What are some characteristics of washed coffees? Yeah, washed coffees, they, they end up being really delicate and really clean and sweet. Like their acidities are always very br- vibrant. So it's almost like... <sighs> I mean, some people want to, let me make a terrible wine analogy, but like those crisp, those crisp pinots that oh, have like, pinot? yeah, they're like really, really light and juicy and clear. Um, and by pinots, I mean the white, like Pinot Grigio or something like that. Like I picture something like really crisp, even though that's not fair like to a, wine. Like a, like a white Zin. Like yeah. A nice... <laughs> <laughs> like a rosé. Like a no. nice... <laughs> We're talking, <laughs> yeah. We're talking like the cleanest, most clear way of tasting coffee typically comes from a wash process. Like it's, it's the easiest way to see all of the, not only faults, but all the wins, all the, all the positive really, characteristics in the yeah, coffee. Yeah, clean, crisp cup, yep. clarity flavor, really good. Really, really good. People love wash coffees. Yeah, basically whatever is inside that that coffee cherry pit seed bean that we call it, that's that's what's in the cup. There's no other flavors for the most part from the fruit outside of it. And then to flip the script on the whole situation, the other coffee that we sent out from Los Lajones was a naturally processed coffee. So for you new coffee guys, um, you basically, to do a naturally processed coffee, you pick the coffee cherry off the tree, and then you don't send it to the depulper at all. You just, boom, you lay it out to dry. Maybe it's on a patio. Maybe it's a raised screen bed. And that coffee cherry just starts to kind of... Decompose onto the on the bean a little bit, kind of like you know a, a grape would shrivel up into a raisin, and then it's hauled off, and that imparts this really like um, aggressively fruity, naturally processed coffees often taste like um, you know blueberry pancakes or I, I like to say purple fruit um, yeah. kind of things, and that's just like the opposite side of the spectrum. The process is pretty detailed. You can read about it a bunch of places. We'll put some links into where you can read about it. And yep. if you're like um, coffee buyer or uh you know you work on a farm we're, we're talking really high level for people who have never been exposed don't send me an email being like you got this part wrong it's actually a little different we're not talking to you all right so yeah we're just, not talking to the pros you just right deal now deal with it the pros already know this is for the bros this is for the pro- <laughs> this is for the bros not the pros <laughs> so there's a cat fact that's cat fact that's a couple cat facts right there so then there's the pulp natural or honey process which is kind of a hybrid of the two it's where they they take some of the fruit off of the coffee cherry and they leave a little bit on and there's uh, in Costa Rica they're actually pretty they're pretty advanced in this they're doing all sorts of levels so they have a lot of fruit left on to almost no fruit left on and they call it anywhere from black honey all the way down to white honey and in between there's red honey and yellow honey and then basically you can picture the lighter the color the less pulp on the coffee seed slash cherry but what happens there is you're getting kind of a hybrid of these two things you're getting less fruit and body than the naturally processed coffee but more of those like clean, sweet, and um, uh, fruity characteristics. So it's kind of like an in-between thing. It's it's fun. Those coffees, they're kind of hot right now. I feel like there's a lot of hot people honeys. starting to go. Honey, honey's honeys are hot. hot. Honeys are going hot. Honeys going hot. It's something for the honey. Something for the honey. <laughs> then there's like the hag semi-wash. <laughs> Jared loves Indonesian coffees. <laughs> 
I'll I'll take it, man. Take get, it because I don't get, like. No, it. no, no. I won't take this part because I don't talk about that. But I will drink a nice blue batak or like Ooh, a, the onions, like a ton of batak. <laughs> What's the other one? Uh, Lake Tawar is actually Lake the coffee Tahoe, that I like dude. the most. Lake Tawar. Lake Tawar. I've actually had some pretty great coffee. And you know what? For all those people who are gonna be like, Jared's a jerk and he doesn't like the good. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm the counterpoint. I do like a nice uh, Sumatran coffee if it, if it's done well, and I don't even care if it doesn't taste like the nicest washed central. I like just appreciate it for what. it well, is. Well, you know what it is to me and actually. This yeah. makes sense right now because we're I'm I'm getting through a little tasty bit of scotch right here. We're drinking some Glenlivet. I kind of feel like that's what Sumatra is to me. It's like the scotch of coffee. Like, and you're just not feeling it. Just I never liked agree it. With it's not my thing. Yeah, like, there's see, a little bit of smoke and dirt that never goes away. It's that's there. Fair. And that like that's there, and people love it, and, and I, you should. I feel like sometimes they can be just really sweet, also for sure. Like those are really nice examples of of the Lake Tuar and stuff like that. We got our anyway, first question. You just pick you pick the coffee, you put it in a bag, you let it sit for like eight years, and then you have semi wash coffee. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lie. Yeah, that's the lie. But the negative part is that it does the the coffee that it still has a lot of moisture and wetness in the fruit does get a lot of the times thrown into bags and taken to mills where they do the rest of the process of washing that we kind of talked about where they get the fruit off and clean it and make it all pretty and ready to dry. And and during that time frame of like being in the sealed bag, there's all these reactions that can happen and you can get some interesting flavors out of that that kind of get funky. They like to get funky. So it can taste weird. Um, our first question from Facebook comes from Brent Fortune, who is a guest of ours and he's currently... Um, we're running his episodes as we speak his question be it a good one or not says what's the best coffee what's the best coffee the best coffee is the one that you like the most yeah come on brent you know that that's a ridiculous he's throwing us under the bus on purpose brent don't try to throw us under the bus brent brent fortune would say in his mind though his his best coffee is wash process coffee but i i disagree chris is correct whatever the best coffee is is the one that you love the most whatever you like um there's a uh, wait. We can talk about decaffeination for a second because that's kind of another process done to coffee. Oh man! I'll talk about Swiss water because I think it's interesting. You want to talk about Swiss water? Yeah. You guys want to know how Swiss water pro- uh, coffee is processed and and made and how what's his face is gonna um, <laughs> Struck is gonna be like whatever. Mike? Yeah, Mike Strump. Strump. Struck is <laughs> not <yeah>. Strucker. <laughs> I used to work with a guy named Struck. Struck? Mike Strump, who I love, uh, he's going to be like, he works at Swiss Water. Uh, He's going to be like, you said it wrong. But let me just briefly talk about it because I kind of think it's interesting. In order to get the caffeine out of coffee in the Swiss Water process, it's kind of rad. What they do is they flavor charge water. Now, does that blow your mind that I said flavor charge? It should. What they do is they put coffee these these coffee seeds right that everybody we just talked about they put them in this vat of warm water and they extract all the flavor and caffeine out of these coffee cherry seeds i'm just call it, i'm going to call them beans from now on cuz that's what everybody wants me to call them so these coffee beans sit in this warm water and they suck all the flavor out basically when they heat it up the pores of the coffee open all the caffeine and everything extracts right and then they take all this coffee out of that water and so that water's got it's basically like it's got extraction in it. It's all the green coffee extracts are in there. It's full of flavor. And they put it through a filter so that it pulls out all the flavor, but it leaves all the caffeine content in that water. And so you've basically got this water that is free of all the flavor of coffee, but is full of caffeine. So it cannot absorb anymore. And they basically repeat the process and they put a new batch of green coffee beans in there and warm it up again. And because 
Oh, wait, I did this backwards. They keep all the flavor and they get rid of the caffeine. I they said that wrong. They decaffeinate the water. Yeah, so the, ca- the water has no caffeine but all the flavor. Sorry, everybody. I did that backwards. And what's left then when they put these coffee, these new fresh coffee beans in there is that it can only, the water can only absorb the caffeine but not the flavor. So there's no more caffeine in these coffee beans, just great flavor. <laughs> The water is basically super saturated, but there is a void for it, a caffeine component. Yeah, so it'll pull so the, the caffeine exits the bean that's sitting in the water, yeah. and the flavor stays. Yeah, warm the, and or the, most of it. And yeah, and they soak up, um, they soak in water, which is also interesting before you roast them. So they usually have like a pretty heavy water content, moisture content when you get them to roast them. That's a cool story. Is that true? That's a cat fact. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Mike Strumpf, right in. <laughs> I would assume though, based on just like uh, you know deduction that. Any coffee that sat in water is going to, (laughs) (laughs) after it's already been washed. It's been fully through a processing method, right? So now it's sitting in water after that again. You can tell we rely heavily upon the scientific method. Scientific method can go F itself. Um, That's not true. I love it. Should we attack more questions? Yeah. We got a lot of good questions. Yeah. We got a question from, um, oh, where is it? Andrew Huffman. What up, Andrew? Hey, Andrew. I just emailed you. I said I'd talk to you, and now I am. I work for Lamplighter Roasting Company. Shout out to Lamplighter. Hey, you guys hey, are hey. tight. I was looking at pictures of your space. It looks sweet. We usually start off, he's talking about espresso, with a one to one and a half ratio as a launching point. 18 grams in, and anywhere from 28 to 32 out with our current blend. Sounds fantastic. At the roastery, we also pull single origin, and my preferred dose is 18 and a half to 19 in and about 35 out. We're using Misty Valley right now, and I would love to hear your thoughts on how you'd approach a naturally processed single origin against a washed one. Misty Valley. There's a tie-in, the legendary Misty Valley. We got some Misty Valley at Castle right now. Okay, there's two answers that I can think of. Yeah, yeah, And then, Jared, you jump in and you tell me that. The first answer is that, like, I don't approach it any differently at all. I agree. I don't either. Um, You would have, like, a, a ratio that you love. And you put the coffee in and you make it at that ratio and you see what it tastes like. And then you use the same rules that apply to all other espresso and adjust to make it taste how you want to. The other answer, which is not the pro answer, but is my personal answer is I actually maybe pull them like quite a bit differently. And this is why. In a naturally processed coffee that's like aggressively fruity. I do not actually want to tame the dragon. I want to take that fruit and I really want to exploit it and I want to beat someone over the head with it. So just to like, it's just my theory. Like I don't want all coffee to taste the same. Sounds horrible. So for me, if I was going to drink it myself, maybe not serve it to customers, but I would probably actually do a shot that was like a little lower in volume or like a little bit of faster time frame, and maybe kind of, maybe it's technically under extracted, um, but it's and it's maybe not balanced, but it's way more juicy and way more fruity. And I'm just like, I just take that and run with it and like fuck everything else. <laughs> well, I mean, you're you're playing to its strengths though, really, right? Because, I mean, if you talked about the processing methods and what they're bringing out, one thing that isn't um, that naturally processed coffees aren't known for is being super clean, right? So if you're gonna pull an espresso that's naturally processed in the same way you might pull a wash coffee, you might end up pulling out some of the some of what people would call the funk, like the stuff at the end that's not that's gonna maybe be slightly dirty, stuff that's not gross by any means to to a lot of the world, but that 
potentially would be undesirable in the cup. So being able to like focus on all the best parts of it by pulling it, in my opinion, I agree with you, Chris, like a little bit, a little bit shorter, a little bit quote unquote under extracted will yield more of that acidity and juiciness with potentially none of the funk in the finish. Yeah. And then it's like part of it's just like a stylistic call. Like, what do you want the coffee to taste like? And yeah. So play to its strengths, bro. Make it yeah, free. You, you know, Andrew, I know your name because I see it on the interwebs. Mm. You know how to make coffee, but that's my opinion. Try that out. Try like a really like fast shot with a coarser grind and then try like a little less volume out and or maybe a combination of the two. But um, mm-hmm. see see what happens. Try either one. Under extract that thing. Just don't tell the don't tell the refractometer kids that I told you that. I mean, tell your mouth to do what it feels good. <laughs> tell your mouth to <laughs> tell deal your mouth with to drink it. it and love it. I mean, that's the thing though. I mean, if you're gonna have a naturally processed coffee, you might as well taste all that fruit. And you might you might as well just like not avoid it yeah i'm like not trying to get away from it yeah i'm like let's go in there exactly like let's get it uh we had another question from our friend jake underwood i don't know where you work or where you're from but we'd love to know more um he said hey fellas big fan thank you uh the question is this what's all the hype with the strata and coffee right now why is it better than the linnea or the linea however you want me to talk about it linnea might be a dumb question no it's not but he's wicked curious uh jake first of all no dumb questions coffee's young no matter what anybody says and anybody let me just rant here's a jared rant screw anybody who talks matter-of-factly about coffee forever it's too young of an industry for anybody to talk matter-of-factly about how it is sorry um and that's my rant uh jake the hype in my opinion behind the strata first of all it's a great machine as is the linea they look different like if you want to like look at the ferrari that's kind of what you're looking at when you look at the strata it's got like the crazy cool body that looks different and like new uh it in my opinion it's got a really big drip tray that's that's my favorite part of it it's got a big drip tray um the the (laughs) that was awesome in my opinion it has a really big drip tray um I, I think the Linnea steams better milk. I think the Strata has a, is a better workhorse in the way where it's like, well, it depends. The Strata EE is a good workhorse. Yeah, Jeez, which, Louise. I, he's yeah. probably talking about. I think he's maybe generalizing EP. it. I almost feel like maybe he doesn't have one, and he sees everybody talking about him, and that's okay if you do, if I'm wrong about this. But that's why I would ask, right? Because I don't have one, and I see people using them. And but you do have one. If I'm the person asking the question, though, oh, gotcha. you know what gotcha. I'm saying? I probably don't have one. Got you. And I have yeah. like a linea and I'm like, why does everybody love this machine Which, called uh, Strata? Yeah. I would assume that he's talking about the EP. So if you're talking about, if you're talking about the, um, the MP, the MP or the, the MP with the EE mod, the way I think about that is just like any other espresso machine. Turn it on, you get some pressure, the coffee comes out. It's great. Um, the EP, of course, you have the variable pressure profiling you can either do on the fly or program profiles into it and you can do that repeatedly using like a program so if you wanted to say like start out your shot with three bars of pressure for 10 seconds and then ramp that up to nine and maybe spike it to 12 and then taper it back down you can program that into the machine and do it consistently which you definitely cannot do with a linea no way shape or form Jared's laughing about something. Julia is peppering us with questions. Oh, nice. So she was supposed to be here, but she's not, but she is in spirit. Yeah. Um, So that's the thing with Estrada. If you want to play with pressure profiling and variable pressure, that's the machine to get. How applicable that is on a day-to-day basis in bar, are you going to use it all the time? 
Probably not, or at least I wouldn't. For me, it'd maybe be something that we'd have in like the lab mm-hmm. and goof around with it. But for all intents and purposes, um, on a regular basis, there's you know you got an espresso machine. You're gonna crank it to nine. Although people are doing like some six bar shots and some five bar shots, but like only in Portland. They're like we're doing it in Portland, guys. <laughs> um, but get at us. Tell us which machine you love. My favorite espresso machine right now is the um, like GB5 FB80 La Marzocco. FB80 just because I like the body better, but that's just my favorite machine right now. I feel like Steam Wand's the best. It doesn't have any of the tricks that I don't need. It's got everything that I do need. Do and, do. And the, the fucking lion blinks. Start the lion. It's like, what do you want? The yeah. only thing I want added to that is maybe a little bit of volumetrics for the slam, but I don't need it. Well, or does it have volumetrics? If you went with the uh, AV, oh, AV FB80 would have volumetrics, right? Let's get an AV FB80. We should get an AV FB80. We're gonna order one. You hear that, Scott? We should have Scott on the show. He can Scott tell Guglielmino. you all about espresso machines. So, Jake, if you want a pressure profile, you need to get uh, a Strata EP and just go with it. But if you don't need to pressure profile and you don't and we played with the ep for like three days straight and got some crazy stuff out of it it was very fun so if you want to have a good time awesome but you definitely don't need a fancy machine to make good coffee yeah i'm just gonna call that one right now No, that's true honestly like you need a linea and that's it and you'll be great you'll make good coffee and the strata is also great and i think it's just an aesthetic choice for whoever for their coffee bar certain coffee bars look great with them and so certain coffee bars look great with lineas right and they're both good machines yeah yeah and then whatever yeah but i mean i do understand because there was a time when i was like this espresso machine and that espresso machine and all the espresso machines and i started looking at them all and i'm like whoa they're all these guys have that one and those guys have that one and uh the reality is no company is any better for an espresso machine that they carry or don't that's the truth (laughs) right Right. if you took if you had like a like let's say you got a epic like spirit on bar right like you got the nice case spirit with all the the doodads and you spent like a billion dollars on it or whatever beautiful looks cool looks cool and let's say you take that away and you put in the old school linea classic your coffee's gonna be just as good yeah your coffee I, quality won't I, like change. literally hate to tell you that but that's just how it is yeah you know what they do? They uh, they <laughs> make you get a linear with a PID, the group cap, yep. uh, like the three way valve relocation. You're you're fucking dialed in, dude. What does PID mean for people who proportional are integral derivative? Oh, what does that it's mean? It's gonna control your temperature. It just controls it, your temperature. Yeah, it's yeah. a more advanced version of like a, of like a instead of a thermostat or a pressure stat. Ah, that's good. That's a cat fact. That's a cat fact. That's a cat fact. Oh, you want to get into some cat facts? Here's here's some. Oh, I don't. Even is have this it. episode is fucked? Right. No, it's oh, not. It's good. It'll be fine. Um, it's just it's just we're all over the place. Here's some more cat facts. I mean, the Since reality- we're talking about espresso machines. The um, the first piston driven espresso machine, like a you know, it'd be like a lever machine. It was built around 1945. Chris was a history major by the Gaja Company. I went to school. <laughs> I was gonna be a history teacher. That would have sucked. You're teaching history right now, Chris. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think that this episode is very real. Okay. Yeah, this one's fun. Here's some so qu- ni- 1945. That's oh, the that's the piston machine, okay. right? Um, okay. Before that, everything was kind of like steam driven, aka dangerous. So all those um, weird like posters you see of espresso machines exploding, those are all those like steam kind of driven beautiful. machines or whatever. Yep. 
Um, that's super cool. And that's then, a cat. Um, that's a cat <laughs> fact. Cat. Oh, and then uh, FAMA introduced the pump. F-A-E-M-A. In, in like the early 1960s with the E61 machine. Which is E61 still a beautiful machine. It's a fucking sweet looking machine. Do you know anything about Victoria Arduino? Uh, nope, but Me I either. use one with the lever. Yeah. I like the lever machine. A uh, lever machine is very fun. What happens when you pull that lever down? Um, okay. That's tight. You're gonna. You've basically got this big chamber with a piston at the bottom and a spring in it. And when you pull the lever down, and if you have one of these little Pavoni things at home, it works differently. It's yep. not the same thing. Because in the home Pavoni, when you pull the lever down, you're pushing water through coffee. This is the opposite in a commercial real machine. So you're pulling the lever down, and what that's doing is it's compressing the spring. The piston's moving up and drawing water into the brew chamber. So when you've got the lever at the bottom, you've got a brew chamber full of water, the puck's being saturated with zero pressure, and you've got water in that tube, basically. And then when you let the lever go, that's when the spring gets released and you start pushing that water through the coffee. So if you want to do like a 15-second pre-infusion on a lever machine, you freaking pull that thing down. And just hold it there, and you'll for basically get seconds. kind of like a line level pre infusion for 15 seconds, and yep. then let it go. And then so let it ride. every time you do it, if you want to do it consistently, you have to have your you know your bottom lever at the bottom for the same amount of time. Oh yeah, what happens during pre infusion to the world? This is a good one. Pre infusion? Mm-hmm. <sighs> are we on a tangent here? We're Not talking we're to nobody. Talking. We're, that's the whole point. These are questions. These are questions. These are people wonder this stuff. Oh, is, are people asking this? What's no, no, but I got a lot of questions to get to in just a moment. Okay, yeah, I mean the theory behind pre-infusion is the same theory that revolves around the bloom. If you're doing like a pour over or the the first um, part of your brew cycle, you're kind of pre-wetting coffee, getting it all saturated, um, making it able to kind of like take on extraction a little bit more evenly. And also, in the case of espresso, most people would believe that it prevents channeling. Also. Yeah. I'm with you. See, these are, the, the, that's a cat fact. So if you have like an old school linea with like no flow restrictors, right? like no jiggler, which is basically a hole with another tiny hole in it. Two holes. Two holes. <laughs> two holes. It's like two trains. Um, and it's got none of those. You, 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 know, you turn the button on and you get like a two second drop. Right. Even if you have like a lot of coffee in there, you'll turn it on and poof, coffee starts coming out. And you're like, whoa, what the hell? To whereas you, you, know, you put a flow restrictor in there, a jiggler in there, depending on which size you get a longer drop. Right. Basically, you get like a softer infusion. So yeah. maybe you get same amount of coffee, same grind, everything. Maybe you get a five-second drop instead of a two-second drop. These are cat facts, Chris. These are cat facts. Yeah, I mean, this is what I used to obsess over because we all worked on like the ghetto linea well, like we also way back in the out. day. Ghetto linea, no PID temperature control. Um, three-way valve was like outside of the saturated group, so there's potential temperature loss there. Mm-hmm. No restrictors. And you're like, how do I make this thing better? And then right. I fucking talk about Billy Wilson every damn episode. But Billy at the Albina Press had... When are you going to come on, Billy, you big biatch? <laughs> <laughs> he had one of the first like hot rod lineas that I saw that had the same like GB5 technology, but earlier in a linea. So he had the group caps relocated from outside of the um, saturated group into the top of the group head uh-huh. so that the water actually never left the saturated group for improved temperature stability. He had the 0.6 restrictors, oh, which I, were like the smallest ones. So yep. you get like the longer, like seven, mm-hmm. eight second drop, and he had the PID on it. And uh, allegedly, it was all installed by Kent Bakke. Shout out to Kent, Turlock, California, oh, dude. Man. Kent's my dude. He's there. We're both from the valley. 
La Marzocco. La Marzocco. Yes. CEO. You don't have to CID. He makes some great espresso machines Jeez. out there. Yeah, he does. Well, um, let me talk about pre-infusion for a sec. I mean, not pre-infusion. Channeling. You mentioned channeling. What does that mean? Channeling is essentially when water water can get through that. So picture this. When rivers go through gorges, <laughs> <laughs> they're running through, right? They're running through like a valley. So essentially a channel, I mean, that's I'm just trying to give somebody like a visual, right? Who's like, what the hell is a channel? Channeling. I mean, it's just like Sorry. a it's just like a crack in in an uh, unotherwise that's not a, an otherwise sealed environment, right? It's like a crack through. It's like if you're pushing on something, and there's all this restriction, which is what you need to extract coffee evenly in a in a portafilter, that little that little metal thing we put in the espresso machine. You want all the coffee to be packed in there tight with no space, so that the water has to get through evenly. If you crack that thing anywhere, if there's any space where it's not sealed, the water's going to go straight through there because water's lazy. So what's going to happen is you're going to get all of this water flying through this coffee puck, extracting right where it's getting through in that space, wherever it is, the gorge in the river. Ooh, I like that idea. <laughs> I picture it. Anyway, and then it's going to come out and all the coffee's going to taste gross because you're getting all that coffee over extracted with all the other coffee outside of that little tiny gorge area under extracted. Not enough water's going through it. Eh, it the gorge. Matter. The gorge. I it's usually just say engorged. that for me, when I talk about a channel, I say a channel is uh, water moving through coffee at a, like some kind of uneven rate. That's and very easy. Maybe it's because <laughs> there's a crack in the puck or maybe, and this is a different kind of channel, right. maybe the puck is physically thinner on one side. Right. Maybe uneven the basket's tamp. unevenly distributed mm-hmm. or uneven tamp. I consider those things channels too, even mm-hmm. though they might not be a channel in the traditional sense. Yeah. Like not literally the term channel where it goes channel, through something. Yeah. It is, it is. Yeah. Anything leading to an uneven extraction. Yeah. That's how I think about it. Quick little shout outs and, and then we'll wrap this one up. I wanted to give a, a shout out to um, Denise on Twitter um, at Chicana Diaries. This has nothing to do with us, but she tweeted, shout out to Stumptown Coffee. I'm wired as fuck. And I respect that, Denise. That's tight. <laughs> <laughs> I wish someone would tweet me something like that. Jeez Louise. Tweet me something like that. I just want to shout out to all the people who have rated and reviewed us and got us onto the new and noteworthy pages. Uh, there's a lot of you out there who have given us some love and taken the time. For those of you who don't know how, it's very easy on your phone, actually. If you could go on your phone and click the podcast app, all you with iPhones, this is how easy it is. You click the podcast app. And then you search us and you could search us by either searching coffee podcast where the one that pops up or cat cloud. It's very simple. And when you click on us, it'll take you to our page. And basically all you have to do on the whoop, 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 reviews, you hit reviews right in the middle. And then it says write a review. I'm walking you through this only because we would really love to see the top of, of a new and noteworthy. We want to get out there. We want the people in the world to start talking coffee and listening to coffee. Um, so, Anyways, we got some we got some good ratings. We have 115 right now. We thank you very much for that. Uh, jump on there, write a review. You have to sign into your iTunes account. Hit us up, give us some stars. We got our first four and three star review, and they have some very good feedback for us. So I thank you for that. We are going to work on it. For those who have tuned in and felt like this is over their heads, that's fair. We're working on getting in some more levels of uh, info for everybody and we would love to hear questions we're open to answering all the questions info at catandcloud.com hit us so we don't miss you yep or send us a tweet at catcloudcoffee yep or tag us on instagram tag us on instagram at catcloudcoffee 
tweet to us too. Let us know. Like when you when this thing comes out, we value your feedback and you know, we want to develop a little relationship with you. So we want some relation. We want a little relations. So anyway, this is Chris Baca. And I'm Jared Truby. And you've been listening to Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast brought to you by the Pull String Press. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next time. See you soon. <laughs>